RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm out as well on the headlines. Questions are raised over a government decision to allow beauty and massage parlours to stay open. The government apologises for the handling of yesterday's new closure order. And the catering sector is expected to be the next to receive public subsidies. Public health experts say the government should consider closing beauty and massage parlours. Entertainment venues such as karaoke bars, nightclubs and gyms have been shut for 14 days to curb the spread of COVID-19. But the government only asked beauty and massage places to ask clients to wear surgical masks and have temperature checks on entering. Dr. Lan Chiu from the Medical Association says this isn't enough. This measure were taken before the government's announcement. And they did not prevent the transmission, as in recent the case involving one of the workers there. It's probably time I went to consider temporary closure for 14 days. And this may help to save the community for more drastic measures in the near future. A former hospital authority official, Dr. Derek Au, echoed the call, saying it's a critical time to ensure there's no local outbreaks of COVID-19. With the recent surge of people coming back from overseas with all the imported cases rising quite rapidly. We are also beginning to see a number of community cases and even clusters of outbreaks. So right now it's a sort of critical time for Hong Kong to make sure that the local chains of infection do not become uncontrolled. The government has apologised for causing confusion when it extended its closure on entertainment venues. Wendy Wong reports. The Deputy Health Secretary Howard Chan says he's sorry the government failed to explain its closure orders, leading to chaos. He told an RTHK program the government had to take a decisive action in a short time. Yesterday at 3pm, the government gazetted restrictions on six types of businesses. It wasn't until just before 6pm, when the new rules were to take effect, that the changes were further clarified. The rules meant karaoke's, nightclubs and marjot parlours would close for 14 days. But clubhouses, beauty and massage salons would only need clients to wear face masks and have temperature checks on entering. Some beauty salons said they'd ask customers to leave immediately and cancel appointments when they mistakenly thought the new regulations required them to close. Catering sector lawmaker and executive councillor Tommy Jung has urged landlords to halve rents in the next three months to help the industry weather the coronavirus pandemic. Mr Jung met this chief executive Carrie Lam yesterday and while she refused to subsidise restaurant rents, she agreed to include catering in the second round of anti-epidemic relief measures. He says such assistance should cover the salaries of all catering staff. Rent, she already said, I can. I will not help out rent. Whatever I do, I'm going to focus on keeping jobs. So obviously, if the government can help out with 100% of our salaries for the next three months, that will keep a lot of jobs. The Labour Party has called on the government to offer financial assistance to the self-employed, as well as people who have been forced to take unpaid leave because of the pandemic. They are recommending the government cover up to 80% of these workers' salaries, capped at $16,000 a month. They believe it will help up to 180,000 workers and could cost around $16 billion in total. Lawmaker Fernando Jung says they've made the recommendation as simple as possible. We're not requiring that a new application process be established. We are saying that these salaries would be paid through the employers, by and large. Employers would ask for reimbursement from the government. Therefore, the employees, or those who are self-employed, could benefit from the scheme immediately. 
The chief executive Carrie Lam says the mainland constitution is the root and source of Hong Kong's basic law so that the one country, two systems principle can run steadily in the long term. Damon Pang has details. The chief executive said only with a correct understanding of the relationship between the national constitution and the basic law could the constitutional basis of the SAR be maintained. Mrs. Lam was writing in the pro-Beijing Bauhinia magazine ahead of the 30-year anniversary of the promulgation of the basic law. She also said Hong Kong should make use of its unique advantages under one country, two systems as a global renminbi hub with a mature judicial system and excellent legal professionals to help attract knowledge, capital and talent for the nation. Advisors to the World Health Organization are to consider whether to suggest new guidance for the public on wearing face masks as a way to limit the spread of the coronavirus, though they say that frequent hand washing remains essential. Here's the BBC's David Shukman. The current advice from the World Health Organization is that masks are important in clinical situations or for people who are infected, but not for most others. That's based on it being thought unlikely that the virus can be passed more than a metre. But studies in the United States show that a cough can reach six metres and a sneeze even further at eight metres. This research will now be assessed and one conclusion may be to recommend that face masks should be worn more often. An argument against that from many health professionals is that masks are only effective if they're fitted properly and kept clean. The Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has called on all citizens to wear face masks when out in public. The injunction is part of further restrictions to limit the spread of the coronavirus. He also said the Jewish, Christian and Muslim observances of Passover, Easter and Ramadan should take place with immediate family members only. The head of the World Health Organization, Tetros Adam Gebriosis, says he's deeply concerned about the rapid rise in the number of cases of coronavirus around the world. He said confirmed cases worldwide would reach a million in the coming days. The head of the WHO's health emergency programme, Mike Ryan, says governments need to focus on implementing longer-term strategies. We need to be very careful not to be changing policies every single day because people on the front line need certainty in their days. People, communities need some certainty. And then if we have to change, we change and we communicate that clearly. And then we do it again for another two or three weeks and then we see how that works. This is about adapt, adjust, implement, measure, do it again. And you just have to keep doing that over and over and over again until you control the disease. A report in the Washington Post says the federal government's reserves of protective equipment and medical supplies to combat the coronavirus are almost exhausted. Quoting officials in the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, the papers say this has left the federal government and individual estates competing for safety gear, while the unprecedented demand has led to profiteering. But as a news conference at the White House, President Trump insisted the U.S. had plenty of medical equipment. We're soon going to have more ventilators than we need. We're building thousands of ventilators right now. Now it takes a period of time to build them. And again, nobody could have known a thing like this could happen. We're building thousands. We will fairly soon be at a point where we have far more than we can use, even after we stockpile for some future catastrophe, which we hope doesn't happen. Uh, We're going to be distributing them, the extras around the world. We'll go to Italy. We'll go to France. We'll go to Spain, which is a very hard hit. The number of cases in the United States has now passed 200,000. More than 5,000 people have died, half in New York State. Its deputy minority leader in the state, in the state Senate, Joseph Griffo, said other states should learn lessons from New York. All other states should take a look at these measures, which the Centers for Disease Control and others have said 
use these, uh, the sanitary precautions, the social distancing. People need to understand, and I think they are now, the seriousness and the magnitude and the danger that this virus presents. The U.S. Navy has begun evacuating the crew of an aircraft carrier docked in Guam after its captain warned a coronavirus outbreak on board was threatening their lives. The acting Navy Secretary Thomas Motley said about 1,000 personnel had been taken off the USS Theodore Roosevelt and quarantined. Our highest obligation as leaders is to ensure the safety and readiness of every sailor and Marine on the watch as well as their families back home so that they can do their mission. That's why we're taking every precaution to prevent the spread of COVID-19 in the fleet. I know you've all been following the situation on the USS Teddy Roosevelt very closely, as have we. Others will be evacuated in the coming days. There are 4,000 crew on board. Britain has recorded its worst one-day figure for coronavirus-related deaths, 563, a rise of nearly a third. The government is facing increasing pressure over its handling of the outbreak amid criticism over shortages of protective equipment packs for health workers. Tom Dolvin is a consultant and the editor in England. The packs just are inadequate. They've got very, very few items in them and they simply won't be enough to protect the staff for more than a few hours at most. And we know that this is a virus that potentially is deadly to people that catch it. And what we've seen from Italy, what we've seen from China and elsewhere is that if we don't get this right, then doctors and nurses will die. The government has also been criticised for a lack of testing. Ministers say more than 3,000 medical staff have been tested for the infection, but that represents only a tiny fraction of the workforce. The United Nations Climate Summit, due to take place in the Scottish city of Glasgow in November, has been postponed. It's the latest major international event to be affected by the coronavirus outbreak. The British Business Secretary Alok Sharma said the world was rightly focusing on fighting COVID-19. Richard Dixon, the director of the Environmental Campaign Group, Friends of the Earth Scotland says there are advantages to the delay. The problem with November was the election would just have taken place if Donald Trump were to lose that election he would still instruct the people coming to negotiate at the climate conference and yet they would know that the new guy was coming so actually we'll know who that is and they'll have time to instruct those people properly and hopefully it will be someone more interested in climate change. Business and financial news, the top management of HSBC is said to be considering whether to move its headquarters to Hong Kong after the Bank of England pressured the bank to cancel its dividend for the first time in 74 years. The Financial Times reported the central bank's intervention had prompted anger among some board members and executives, with calls to reopen the domicile question of whether the bank's legal base should move from London. A short while ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 23,062, down 23 points from the previous close. The euro was at 1 US dollar and 9 cents, and the greenback was at 107.48 yen, and the pound was worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 59 cents. Now to sports, here's Atom Chung. For the first time since World War II, Wimbledon has been cancelled. Organizers of the Grand Slam tennis tournament had been holding emergency talks over the last few days to decide whether it should still go ahead. The championships were due to start on the 29th of June. Here's the BBC's Russell Fuller. The All England clubs say they are cancelling the championships with great regret and with health and safety uppermost in their minds. Significant numbers of people would have been required on site to prepare for the championships from the end of this month. Instead, resources will be directed towards helping the emergency response to the virus. The club are protected through insurance against losses which may otherwise have exceeded £200 million. Ticket holders will be offered a refund and the chance to buy a ticket for next year. 
The cancellation of all the summer grass court events means there will now be no professional tennis anywhere in the world until at least July the 13th. The two-time Wimbledon champion Petra Kvitova says she understands the decision to cancel the event but feels strange nonetheless. Yeah, it's it weird, but it's the same for everybody. So hopefully we are all doing good and uh, we're going to be there very soon. All Champions League and Europa League matches have been suspended by UEFA until further notice due to the coronavirus pandemic. European football's governing body made the announcement following a meeting with its 55 member associations. The BBC's Ian Dennis has details. UEFA has not only put this season on hold, but it's also pressed the pause button for next season. So, all international matches scheduled for June, including the Euro 2020 playoff matches, have been postponed until further notice. All other UEFA competitions, including the Champions League and Europa League, remain postponed until further notice. However, although nothing official, a lot of talk they could resume the Champions League and Europa League in July or August. And it's interesting that the deadlines for next season's club competitions are now postponed until further notice regarding the admission process and the registration of players. The schedule has changed, but nothing can be guaranteed in these uncertain times. In other football news, the Hong Kong Premier League side Kitchi have confirmed a positive case of COVID-19 in one of their employees. The unnamed staff, now in hospital as one of yesterday's 51 newly confirmed cases in the city, is understood to be the assistant coach and former player Roberto Losada. His spouse had earlier been infected after returning from overseas. A total of 70 employees at the club have been tested. The 12 reports so far are negative. They include six players on the first team. Meanwhile, the Football Association is due to meet with clubs on Tuesday to discuss plans to move forward with the Premier League season, which has been put on hold for almost two weeks following the closure of government facilities. And as you look at sports... Adam Chang with the sports there. To end the news, the top stories once again. Questions are raised over a government decision to allow beauty and massage parlours to stay open. The government apologises for causing confusion when it extended its closure on entertainment venues yesterday. And the catering sector is expected to be next to receive public subsidies. And that's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 2nd of April is today's date. Hope you all had a great morning. And also many thanks uh, to James Ross for the morning brew. We do have a jam-packed show today. For those of you with children being at home, maybe this uh, first interview will be relevant. We're talking about uh, language learning and also the importance of accuracy in grammar. That's right, nowadays, myself, I'm guilty of that. Not writing in the proper way, writing the internet way. Well, just how important is accuracy in grammar, in uh, language learning? We will be chatting about this with Susie Nicholson, a lecturer in the academic unit of Teacher Education and Learning Leadership at the University of Hong Kong. That's part of the Faculty of Education. Um, So Susie will be joining us uh, just after half past one. And uh, after two o'clock, as part of the Thursday Chinwag uh, with Sadi Osmani, we're talking about ways to engage with our children at home. And finally, uh, on today's 123 show, we are launching a brand new segment uh, presented by Sadie Kay, and it's called uh, Mental Ideas. Uh, it's, It's part of her charity, and she's got a podcast series as well. And uh, this week, Sadie asks the big question of why so many of our best-loved comedians are depressed. Uh, she interviews award-winning cartoonist, humorist, and best-selling author Larry Fain. And that will be just after the half-past-two news. And we want to hear from you also. You can uh, drop us an email. Our email address is 123show at rthk.hk. That's uh, 123show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. And of course, the 